Hello and welcome to another episode of RT Plus, brought to you by Norton Rose Fulbright. My name is Rup Sen, Senior Knowledge Lawyer in the Financial Services Team in London, and I'm delighted to be joined again by the Payment System Regulator's Head of Legal, Carol Bijant. Welcome back, Carol. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Really Happy good year to, to be invited back. Well, delighted to have you. Um, and uh, I think it's been about a year uh, since we since we last spoke. So uh, today um, we'll be catching up on the recent work that's been undertaken by PSR. Um, I'm going to also take uh, a little look at what lies ahead for your regulator uh, on their agenda in the next uh, year or so. So um, if we start uh, with uh, sort of what's been uh, happening recently. Now, I was really interested um, to see your latest um, announcement regarding uh, the cartel settlement, um, which seemed like a very big investigation. Um, can you perhaps uh, speak a bit more to that? Absolutely. I mean, this was the first full investigation um, by the PSR under the Competition Act, our first finding of a cartel. In fact, it, it was two cartels. Um, you're right, it was a complex and a large, a large case. And we actually began it by obtaining warrants from the court so that we could raid offices of various firms and um, we needed a team of over 50 people to go across six sites wow. and then we had a huge amount of documentation so um, the competition and markets authority assisted us by we, we were using artificial intelligence um, to sift through the documentation in the in the first stage of sifting um, that was really important to us because we actually had 60 million documents to get through. Um, <laughs> so after artificial intelligence was used and so on, we then had only uh, about uh, 45,000 to uh, read individually. But, um, you know, for a, a new organization and a sort of small organization such as ours, you can imagine it's a it's a major achievement. And I'm, and I'm very proud of my team. And so. Carol, am I correct in thinking that you found two uh, infringements as part of your investigation? Yes, that's right. Um, it probably helps to say that the, the case was actually about the supply of prepaid cards to the public sector. And the public sector uses this product as a means of providing financial support to some of the most vulnerable in society. All told, there were five companies involved one was a scheme operator and three were program managers licensed to issue prepaid cards uh, using that scheme. And, and finally, there was another firm who provided services to the scheme operator. The mandate of that firm was to promote the use of prepaid cards in the public sector. Mm. And um, they achieved this through setting up a network. So the scheme operator, the program managers and this other firm were participating in this network. And the network was um, attended by those public sector bodies that were interested in the cards. So I mentioned two cartels. Um, the first cartel involved all five parties and it lasted for uh, six years. Uh, the second one involved just two of the program managers. Mm -hmm. To give you some insight um, about what's happened, uh, 
in the first cartel, under the network, those five parties arranged for the program managers not to target or poach each other's customers during the course of the contract or while a pilot scheme was running. And in the second cartel, the two program managers agreed not to target each other's customers at the end of the contract, even if it was put out to public tender. Um, we recently announced that all parties involved have acknowledged their role and agreed to settle uh, and pay fines totaling over 33 million. Wow. And in a few months, um, we hope to publish the full decision and you'll find more information um, about what happened and also our approach to calculating those penalties. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you very much for that. And, and, and congratulations. As you say, you must be very proud of uh, arriving at such, a, such an effective resolution. Um, now, if we just move on. Now, when you joined us on the, la uh, the last time uh, on this podcast, um, you mentioned the Card Acquirers Market Review, um, which was ongoing at the time. Um, what's the current status of that review? And uh, what are the next steps, if there are any? Yeah, sure. Um, time flies. And a couple of months ago, we published <laughs> our final our final report. We found that competition wasn't working well for the smaller merchants, sort of including retailers who use the card acquiring services. And it's making it difficult for them to compare offers and and to switch. Um, but bargains are to be had if they do switch. Um, we attributed this to three things. Prices for services are not typically published. Uh, the contracts with acquirers are often of indefinite uh, duration or they roll on indefinitely. And the point of sale terminals may not be interoperable uh, with alternative service providers. So as I say, this sort of makes it more difficult for merchants to look around and, and switch. And then more recently, uh, this month in fact, we published our initial thoughts on possible measures. Uh, we've consulting on four ideas at this stage. Um, use of summary information boxes, setting out key elements of the offer, both price and non-price aspects. Um, stimulating the creation of digital comparison tools for merchants. So, so that something's available for them, like the ones that exist for you and I when we compare insurance or broadband offers. Um, thirdly, uh, establishing standardized trigger messages to be sent to merchants annually. And uh, finally, uh, we're thinking about making the point of sale terminals interoperable. So those are four measures, as I say, we're consulting now and what's to come in the in the year is um, working uh, on those ideas with the industry and um, coming up with our final final proposals towards the end of the year. So staying in the card market, um, I understand that the PSR has said it will be looking at scheme fees. Um, what will you be doing in this space, Carol, and how did it come to your attention? Well, when we were launching the acquiring market review, which I've just mentioned, um, we said that if there appeared to be an issue in relation to scheme fees, we would look at that separately. At the time, we wanted to understand what had happened to scheme fees. 
we were hearing comments um, from, from the industry, but we didn't have um, the information that we needed. So while the market view was ongoing, we obtained evidence of how scheme fees had changed uh, between 2014 and 2018. And that's the period in which the interchange fee regulation was introduced. And what it showed was that there were significant increases in scheme fees, which are not fully explained by changes to value, volume and mix of transactions. So we want to know more about that now. And in November uh, last year, we said that we will investigate scheme fees and cross-border fees that are no longer capped by interchange fee regulation. Um, we issued formal requests asking about factors that affect the level and the structure of these fees and the reasons behind any changes in them. And we'll use that information to identify where we should direct our attention and set out our programme of work for this year. So if you're interested in this work, uh, it's definitely worth looking out for more announcements uh, in the course of the year. I see. And, and you know, ultimately, um, what, what do you want to see happen in, in that space uh, to help payment users? Well, competition delivers benefits to users, where in the form of, you know, choice, quality, service or innovation. So in the long run, we want to see competition and choice um, develop. In particular, we want to see account-to-account -account services evolve to become a viable alternative to car payments. And this is a key part of our strategy. Now, unlocking the potential of account-to-account -account payments is going to take some time. So in the meantime, what we're trying to do is understand if there is harm that needs to be addressed now. And that's why we're interested in both the scheme fees and those recent changes to cross-border interchange fees. Understand. Um, well, best of luck um, with that. And, um, you know, some really significant uh, achievements uh, over the last year. But if we now uh, take a moment to look forward, um, Carol, what would you say are the PSR's priorities and key areas of focus uh, going forward for the sort of short to medium lens? Well, as you may know, we've um, been conducting a review um, of our strategy over the past year. And early this year, we um, published our, our, our strategy, which sets out our four strategic priorities for the, the next five years. So if I take those in turn, first, um, ensuring that users have services and choice to meet their needs. Now, many users do have choice, but some have less uh, than others. And there are changes afoot, which I think I mentioned last time, particularly the move to digitalization. Yep. And we are uh, observing, you know, how that affects um, some, some users. And our work ensuring the geographical availability of cash is another example of work in this area. And the second um, priority is ensuring that users are sufficiently protected. Now, our work in app scam fraud is an example of work in that area. Uh, the third um, is to ensure that there is effective competition 
not just between PSPs in the same system, but also between systems. And that's how the work that I've just mentioned about account to account comes into play. And it's also highly relevant to our fourth key priority, which is ensuring that the interbank systems provide the infrastructure and have the right rules and incentive so that competition and innovation is fostered. Um, this is definitely focused on unlocking, unlocking the possibilities of account to account payments. I see. Well, that's that's a really helpful uh, sort of summary of, of, of what's, what you're going to be looking at going forward. Um, you mentioned uh, dealing uh, with app scam uh, liability there. Um, can you briefly explain what, what's being done uh, so far in that area and, and, and perhaps what's in the pipeline? Absolutely. Um, the change that many of us will have seen um, was the introduction of confirmation of payee at the direction of the um, payment systems regulator. And um, things have moved at quite a pace there. So we initially required six major banking groups, that's 11 banks, to participate in this. And since then, another 22 have joined uh, in phase one of confirmation of payee. So that's fantastic. Um, but we're looking to the future and the industry is developing phase two of COP, which will enable um, other PSPs to join, join in so that the identification of payee service is more widely available. So we've consulted on this and we're in the process of finalising the dates uh, on which to move to COP2 and the closure of uh, phase one. There are other initiatives in progress. Uh, again, uh, there's a consultation um, that was published last year and which we are looking at the responses that we've received. But we proposed three measures aimed at, um, first, the publication of data about the performance and levels of reimbursement on app scam fraud. Mm -hmm. Um, the second measure is intended to enhance detection and prevention of app scams uh, through the industry uh, improving intelligence sharing. Uh, the third proposal um, was that PSPs could be liable for losses incurred as a result of app scams. Our consultation put forward two possible models, both of which we think could work. Um, but I should mention also that to achieve this outcome, we require legislative change. And John Glenn recently, the Economic Secretary to the Treasury, recently said that government was committed to removing any barriers to our achieving this outcome. I see. Well... Um, Carol, thank you so much. Um, it's been a really, really informative session, uh, both uh, in regards to, to what's taken place over the last year and, and, and also what uh, is, is, is set to come uh, in the next year or so. So thank you very much for that. Always a pleasure to have you uh, with us on Regulation Tomorrow. Um, and I hope we can see you again soon. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.